0: This is the Encounter Community Church podcast, where we will take one or two nuggets from Sunday's message and look at how we can take, utilize, and apply it to our lives. Welcome back to the Encounter Community Church podcast. My name is Ken Ballard Jr. And I'm really excited today because one of the things, again, that I'm trying to do with our podcast is to have people come in and have conversations with them. And I'm excited to say that my friend Daniel is back. What's up, Daniel? How's it going, Ken? I'm doing well, doing well. So how's everything going?
1: Good, good. Glad to be back. I'm I'm looking forward to this today. How's the family doing? Good. They're doing really good. I got a little Ava. She's Terrorizing the house, which is fun, <laughs> And uh, but yeah, she's doing great, and uh, Heather's doing really good, too, my wife, yeah. Any new developments with Ava? She's walk- Is she walking? Oh, or? she's running, uh, <laughs> running around the house, walking. Uh, she's starting to put words together. Uh, really? She's not anything too uh, crazy, but... She's uh where she can say please and then whatever she wants and so some of our mornings start off with please cheese or nice yeah and so we're like no you're not having cheese like <laughs> 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 she knows the word cook and she's learned cookie as Uh-oh. so a lot of it is please cookie and we're just like oh no. So we hide the cookies now so she doesn't <laughs> see them. But so, yeah, it's been, it's been fun. Oh, so I, I guess Faith, my daughter,
0: will not be getting any uh, girl Scout Got Cookie sales from you guys. Not right get- now. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to keep the cookies down for a little bit for a while.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, for those of you that are, are listening, um, maybe if you're listening for the first time, Daniel is a member of Encounter. He is also the youth, one of their youth pastors here. He actually co-leads our youth ministry uh, with his wife. And one of the things that's really great is Daniel actually spoke uh, last week for our, our regular service, or for our service, our regular service. But one of the things that was really neat is they had a big reveal. And so I'm not, I'm just going to let Daniel kind of explain to you guys to let you know what's going on with the youth group.
1: Yeah, thank you. Uh, so, uh, like like you said, you know, where my wife and I were taking the youth group and trying to make it into you know just a comfortable place that the kids own as much as we do and so we figured we need to give it a name and that was kind of something that Heather and I my wife were figuring out what it is that we could be doing so or what we could like what would be the name for the group and so we asked them like what do you guys want as a name and we took the names that all the kids came up with and we actually voted on the names at a youth group, uh, and at our regular youth group, and we had a lot of good names. And the one name that was actually suggested and was voted on um, was one that we actually really liked. And I was like, oh, this is is pretty good. So my Mm. wife and I were like, okay, can we make this work? Could this be something that actually represents our youth group? And it was Elevate. And we're Mm. like, we could make Elevate into something. And so we were just thinking about it in the essence of what the word meant and that what scripture does and what God does. And we're like, this This is perfect. And so uh, we just figured this is going to be our name. And so this past Sunday here at church, we uh, were able to get t-shirts made prior to the service. And so the kids didn't even know and uh, what the name was. We, we kept it a secret for to them as well. And they just knew that we had a name and we had shirts made. And so Sunday morning, we gave them shirts before service. We had them covered. I believe you had a shirt too. We, I did. I we, did. We all had jackets covering it. And then come church time, we were all up here in on the, on the, uh, in the sanctuary. And we did our grand reveal and we let them all know what was going on. And it was just fun. And, uh, we did a, a like grandiose reveal of our name and, uh, So we're excited that we now have a name, which I think it allows for a different sense of ownership for the youth, especially. That they can say, I'm part of Elevate Youth Group at Encounter Community Church. Mm. And it's not just, well, I'm just part of a youth group. So we we really wanted to make sure that now that's just more ownership within the group that they're a part of. So it's it's been great, it's been fun. So we're glad that that's now a a, a thing that we've done.
0: And I I will tell you that the t-shirts, and, and maybe I'm, I'm kind of biased because they're our youth group, but they're pretty cool T-shirts. So if you want to see them, what you could do is you could go to our Instagram and you can see them there. We posted them last week as well as on our Facebook account. Uh, you can go there and look and you can see the, the, the T-shirts which are and the logo, which is which is really great. And just to see, and the kids were, yeah, they were so excited to open up their their jackets and make the big reveal and show the name. And they're really proud of that, yeah, which I'm, which I'm really excited about. And then the other thing that I'm really excited about with the youth group is uh, we, we're still working on the dates. Are you guys still working on the dates yet? But, but you guys are actually working on a summer camp for the kids.
1: Yes. Yes, we are. We are. And uh, that's exciting too. Uh, this is going to be our first summer camp that we're going to do with our our kids, our group. And, uh, you know, my wife and I took over this group. I may have mentioned the last time I was here uh, with the podcast with you that we're relatively new. We're still under a year of having the group. And so this would be our first summer with them. So we want to do something fun with them, something that allows them to be a kid and get away for a little bit and reflect on God and friends and everything. And what better than a summer camp? And so we did some research. I know we, we consulted you on some things. And we found a great camp up here. Just And it's a San Bernardino Mountain area, kind of. It's great. I mean, they have tons of activities. It's where the message of God is delivered. But there's also so many other things that allows a kid to be a kid that's there we're just excited. We've had the opportunity to talk to employees of the camp. Um, in addition to that, previous youth pastors that have went there as well, we consulted with them. And everybody we've spoken to has just had nothing but positive things to say about this camp. And so we're excited. So we haven't made the official reveal to our youth group of the days in the camp itself. So that is I don't want to give it out here and them not know for sure just yet. So I want. So to it's under wraps. Yes, yes. <laughs> but uh, that's why I'm not saying a name. But anyways, <laughs> uh, I want them to know first. But, right, uh, right, right. It's it's pretty much it's gonna be fun. We're looking forward to it and uh, we're excited. Great, I'm,
0: and I'm, I'm glad that you said that because I totally almost let the name slip out. That would have been <laughs> that would have been bad, really bad. Yeah, we good. would have just told the youth group and their parents don't listen to the podcast until uh, after.
1: <laughs> but but now they can because
0: we have not said anything yeah, yeah. yet. But if you do, if you do have kids that are in middle school and you're listening to this and they're not connected, I would encourage you to look up Daniel and Heather. Uh, you can again, uh, you can find their email address on our website. Uh, they also have their own Instagram account, Encounter Community Youth, mm-hmm. uh, which is that going to be changed to Elevate? Uh,
1: well? We we were trying to change it to Elevate, but it was already taken. Oh, and so right now Heather and I are trying to figure out how can we work that into the name with something that's already not already taken but yeah we we went immediately to that and it was already taken all right yeah so
0: then what we'll have to do is we will have to go through the united states and begin to eliminate all youth groups that have the name elevate in them. there you go no 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 no. we're not (laughs) gonna do that i'm not gonna do that just 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 joking please do not take me seriously it is really exciting to see what's going on with our kids and so again if you do have kids that are of that age and are not connected to a youth group, I would say talk to Daniel and Heather. One of the things that I really love about them is they really do have a passion for the kids and, and they're really committed to reaching out to them, to connect with them, to build relationships with them, to let them know that they can come to a place where they, they're loved, where, where they are accepted. And one of the neat things about it, I, I, you know, being honest, I have four kids uh, from middle school through high school And my kids love it. They just absolutely do. So I'm really honored and really blessed by that. So maybe I'm a little bit uh, spoiled in that way, too. Maybe I'm a little bit skewed in that way, too, where I just see it in a positive, positive way. But I still would really encourage you to seriously consider that if you do have kids that are of that age group. Definitely. So I just want to go ahead and get into Uh, What we've been doing. So, if you have not been listening to the podcast, if this is your first time listening to one of our podcasts, again, I want to take this moment to say thank you so much for spending time with us, for coming to check out the Encounter Community Church podcast. And what I want to encourage you to do is to go back and listen to the previous six or seven podcasts. Uh, Actually, this is the seventh one, so the previous six podcasts, because what they will do is they will talk about uh, what we've been going over this course of this series as we've been looking at change. We've been doing a series at our church called 2020 from Vision to Reality, and we're looking at how can we get to a point where we can actually see change literally happen in our lives, that maybe we've struggled, maybe we've wrestled. And again, moving from this point forward, there still may be times where growth is still a process, and with growth being a process, there will be times where it's a challenge. However, we went through a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear, and there are some really great principles that were there. And again, it's not a Christian book, but the principles are there, and some of the principles you can see can connect with Scripture, which I was really excited about uh, in going through with this series as well. But it lays a really great foundation for change. So with that, he talks about four laws of behavioral change or four laws of developing a new habit in your life. If, you have, if there's a new habit that you want to develop, uh, with each element of, of change happening, uh, the first part of knowing what our changes are, uh, there's, there's the cue. And, and basically what the cue is, is the cue is just that. You recognize, like, wow, there's something I have a need. There's a desire that I have, and so he says, with your cue, when with the trigger to make you want to act and, and find a habit or to do a habit, he says, if you want to start a new habit, the first cue is to make it obvious, make the cue obvious for the new habit that you want to do, and if there's a bad habit you want to stop doing, he says, make it invisible. So that's the cue. With the cue, it triggers a craving. It triggers a desire. And so he says, if you have a new habit that you're trying to develop with that new habit, he says, make it attractive. Make it something that you really long for that's that that will satisfy you, that that you will look at and you'll go, man, that's something that I really want. And he says, with your old habit, make it unattractive is to make it unattractive. And then. From our cue, our craving, then the next is the response. It's our reaction to whatever it is that we desire to do. When it comes to making that change, he says, with your new habit, you want to make it as easy as possible for you to be able to do. Make it as easy as possible. And then he says, when it comes to the bad habit that you want to change, make it as difficult or as hard for you to do as possible. The way that our minds are wired is we take the path of least resistance. And so that's why with our response, we want to make the good habit an easier habit to do. And then finally, when it comes to our our habits, we got the cue, we got the craving, we got the response, and then finally there's the reward, and that is to make it satisfying. So the idea behind that is when you have your new habit, what you want to do is you want to get to a point with your new habit where your response is, ah. See, I just love that. See, and, and did you like that dramatic pause? <laughs> it was, it was, good. It was right, good. Right, right, right? Uh, but, but just that, ah, that moment, that, that satisfaction. And when you have that point where with your new habit that you're able to become more and more satisfied by it, then what it does is it makes you more likely to practice it. And then the same thing if there's a bad habit that you have, he says to make it unsatisfying. So make the good habit satisfying, make the bad habit unsatisfying. Daniel talked about uh, this fourth law last Sunday, which is, again, why we have him here tonight. And we're going to bounce through some things together. But I I think it's important for us to begin to understand, like, if you do want to change, it's so important to find that moment of satisfaction. One of the reasons why we give up on the change that we want to make in our lives is because we try to change, we try to change, we fight, we fight. It's uncomfortable, it's difficult. We try to change. And then finally, we we, we just never get satisfied. We we never get fulfilled by it. Because again, a lot of the changes that we're trying to make are long-term changes. Uh, If you're trying to lose weight, that's a long-term change. If you're trying to save money, that's a long-term change. And because of long-term changes, sometimes we don't always get the response that we would like to get. And so we get dissatisfied and we go back to our old habits. So we're going to look at this tonight, and I, and I really do hope that today, that again, you'll be inspired. And I hope that what you'll do is from today, if you haven't listened to the rest of this, rest of the podcast, maybe once you hear this one, you'll think, "Wow, you know, what? let me go back and listen to some of the others," because some of these steps are just so absolutely stinking practical. And with that, Daniel's here, too. So enough of me talking. <laughs> so with that in mind, uh, I, I remember uh, in, the, in talking about making it satisfying that, that James Clear in his book tells a story of a guy named Stephen Luby. Le, something like something that. Something like that. Stephen, I am so sorry uh, if you're listening to this. Please forgive me for the way that I've just brutalized your name. But know that it's from a good heart. There you go. (laughs) But
1: with that, did you want to share that story with with, uh, everyone that's listening as well? Sure, yeah, yeah. So pretty much the story goes where Stephen was, he found out about a town, I believe it was in Pakistan, where they were having some horrible issues with sanitation, where numerous people were getting sick. And it was just a very robust type of area and just a lot of congestion but illness was just pouring out everywhere throughout the city and the town of the pretty much this country like it was just bad so he figured i'm gonna go and see what i can do to help Hmm. and he realized that he was just interacting with people and and just seeing the day-to-day and realized washing washing your hands was not really a thing people saw as a necessity Hmm. he mentioned they all knew of it but they didn't really see the benefit in doing it, hmm. per se, I guess, in a nutshell. Right. And so he then thought, like, well, what if we, you know, change this up a bit? And he realized, you know, it's a simple task of washing your hands, you know, after, you know, maybe you use the restroom or, you know, you blow your nose or whatever it may be. it. And if you wash your hands after that, it, it it pretty much cuts so many things out of the equation that will get you sick. Mm, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. And it's just because sanitation wasn't really a priority for that town during that time. He realized that, you know, the basics would literally solve so many problems. Right, right, right. And, um, I mean, I believe the story goes where he actually got a hold of Procter & Gamble mm-hmm. and actually talked with them, you know, and said, this is what I'm trying to do. And so they actually got soap brought over. And the thing is, it was a special foaming soap. It wasn't just your standard, you know, bar of soap. This right, was right, soap right. that when it foamed up, it was cool, it kind of textured your hair or like it just covered your hands. So it was kind of fun to wash your hands. Right. And so he figured putting this law together in a sense of if we made this satisfying to where they saw their hands, you know, lathered in soap. And, and then wash the water, wash away the soap, and just this made it more of a, <laughs> a of a show, I guess you could say. Was uh, was he he his idea was it would make this something that stuck, mm. uh, or that would stick with them. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so he pretty much just started putting dispensers out and explained what he was trying to do, and the people they liked it mm. and they continued with it. And he got a hold of Procter & Gamble again, he's like, look, can we just start supplying soaps for these people? And he left, but he made sure that his footprint was left. Right, right. And when he removed himself out of the equation, he came back years later, and everything was still the same. He Hmm. had left it where they were still washing their hands, and they were still using this soap. And it was just to where... The diseases in the town have dropped and, and sanitation was changing and things. The equation was completely revolutionized just because of the factor of I brought in soap that was fun to wash with. Wow. And he made it satisfying in a sense to wash your hands. Right. And something so simple literally changed the like outline of how these people functioned in their everyday. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. Just something as small as foaming soap that was really foamy. Right, the right, yeah.
0: right. Super forming. And I wonder, but it, it is true, like what, if something is a pleasurable experience, one of the things that he says in the book that I really love, he says, what is rewarded is repeated, what is, what is punished mm-hmm. is avoided. Right. Which totally makes sense. And so what he did was he found these people, and, and, and the, the thing that you said that I, I really loved is, they knew what they were supposed to do, mm-hmm. Just we're choosing not to do it. Right. And if you're listening to this, how many of us have that same experience in our lives? I know what I'm supposed to do, I'm just not doing it. I'm just not doing it. And it seems like it's very interesting. He took a simple thing let's make soap foamy and let's make it fun. And I think they even added a smell to make I it attractive so. yeah, too, yeah. right? So, so let's do that. And then what happens is it changes the experience. So therefore, people will practice it. So I wonder if it's the same thing that we could do in our lives is whatever habit that it is that you're trying to do is to find what is a subtle way? Yeah. What is one thing that you could do just to make it more satisfying? I'm not sure what that is. You might have to experiment with that. You know, one of the thoughts that I thought that I had was after I go running, I'll have some ice cream. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so each time I run, I'll have ice cream. But but then I can't, I guess that kind of defeats the running purpose. So I'll have to figure that out. You know, in the book, he also talks about the story of Wrigley mm-hmm. and how before when, when, when gum first started, it was just a non- It was just a bland experience. And then Wrigley comes along in 1890, opened his company, adds in spearmint flavor, peppermint flavor, and boom, the sale of gum just took off exponentially. And the reason why was because it brought in this clean, fresh feel and experience to your mouth, and gum sales took off. So again, when it comes to finding it satisfying, It's important to realize that it it doesn't have to be something huge or grandiose that you could do, uh, but if there's a way that you could just make it more satisfying, it will make a bigger difference in your life as well. There's something else that you talked about on Sunday that that was really good, and you talked about the idea of immediate return versus delayed return. Do you
1: want to explain that a little bit? Yeah, definitely. It goes into the book that uh, well, James Clear pretty much states that we naturally have this want or desire within us. It's the idea that we're so fixated on a immediate function or action Mm. rather than the long term. You know, something as basic as saying, well, I want, you know, I'm I'm hungry Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I'm going to go to Taco Bell and get me, you know, a chalupa and some nachos, thinking Mm. this will solve my hunger problem, but not thinking about, well, you know, is this really something that I want to put into my body that's going to have you know, an effect that maybe years down the line, my cholesterol is now affected because I keep doing these things. Right, 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 right. You know, it's, well, I want the satisfaction of it right now, not thinking about the latter. Mm. But the thing is, naturally, no one's ever had to really teach us that. We just, we're inclined to it. We were just like, you know, I I want the satisfaction now. And so he says, why not use that? Like, use that to our advantage, in Mm. a sense. -hmm, He's mm -hmm. like, if it's something we already Naturally, kind of have. Let's 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 work with it. Mm-hmm. And so, he puts it into play where, if you're going to do something, or you're going to uh, address a habit, make it so that the habit you're doing has like the smaller reward in the in the beginning, and you you recognize it. Mm. And I I used the illustration from the Bible to kind of help break this down with the story of Zacchaeus. Mm. And I, I put the comparison together because I thought it was relevant how the story kind of put itself. Right. 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 So you figure you see Jesus and he's doing his ministry and he goes and he's knows that he wants to talk to Zacchaeus and he realizes that, you know, Zacchaeus, he knows what's going on. And for those of you who don't know the story, it's pretty much where this man who was a tax collector and kind of saw as a bad man at that time. Mm-hmm. He wanted to see Jesus. And so he then went, to a tr- went up into a tree and actually l- was hoping that he could get a glimpse of Jesus, not knowing that Jesus already had the idea of wanting to spend time with him. Mm. But anyways, there, Jesus is walking through this town and he sees this man who is pretty much a bad person right. in this town. Right. And instead of saying Zacchaeus... You're going to go to hell if you don't change your ways and then continue walking down this path. Right. Jesus took a different approach to say, I want to actually go and have dinner with you tonight. Mm. at your house. Mm. And he realized though both of them were true, if you don't change your ways, hell is waiting for you. Mm-hmm. But also what's the more attractive thing to do? Maybe I establish a relationship first. I focus on the now because that's what people focus on Mm. instead of just throwing the truth. That's so far down the line into somebody's face. Right. Right. And so I compared that with kind of what James Clear said. His idea is that we are pretty much naturally designed to focus on the immediate instead of the long term. Well, let's use that to our advantage. So Mm -hmm. if you're making a habit and you want to, have it to where it's beneficial and stays then you can find a way to recognize the small things within that habit and and, and appreciate them mm-hmm. and so that as time goes on you're like okay i have a smaller goal that's in the in the grand scheme of the larger goal, right? You know, it's like, I'm not, I want to lose, you know, 50 pounds. Well, let's recognize the, the two, the two pound margin first, right, 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 right. Right? You know, and then it's it's almost celebrate that. Yeah. And, you know, focus on your now and not really worry too much about the ladder though. You know, that the goal is to get there eventually. Right. So it's kind of like how it was built up.
0: Yeah, one of the things you talked about in in that is that what this does is it helps you to enjoy the process. Yes. Because a lot of times we are so focused on the end goal for changing, and sometimes the the end goal is is so far off. One of my end goals is I want to lose 50 pounds. Trust me, that's really far off. (laughs) (laughs) I I wish that, I, I know that there's the quick diets and all those other, but those don't last over the long haul. So I love the idea of finding immediate gratification now in ways that I can incorporate that to start to see change happen. And, and that's what I love. I love the example that you gave between Zacchaeus and Jesus, because it really is true that what Jesus did is he knew that one of the things Zacchaeus wanted was friendship. He wanted connection because here's a guy that was seen as a the, the Bible talks about how he was trying to see Jesus and people in the crowd because he's a shorter guy mm-hmm. and, and he was trying to see Jesus and the crowd wouldn't let him through. Like they yeah. kept blocking his view because they just didn't like the guy. Right, right. So the guy being an entrepreneur, obviously, <laughs> and, and entrepreneurs do what they do. They find a way around an obstacle. He's like, hey, then I'll go climb a tree. Yeah. So he goes and climbs a tree and then Jesus sees him. And, and I wish that I would, could be a fly on the wall of that conversation, mm-hmm. and what was gone on that moment, because at the end of that, at the end of that conversation, Zacchaeus stands up in front of everyone and says, "Look, look." And, it's, and it, it's obvious that his life has changed, because he says, "I am going to pay back anyone that I've stolen anything from. I'm going to pay them back four times what I've stolen from them, and then I'm going to give half of my possessions to the poor." So you talk about a guy who has changed. But I think you're right in the sense it was that immediate connection mm-hmm. that I had with Jesus in that moment to build that relationship. Yeah. And so if we could do that, begin to do that same thing with the changes that we want to make in our lives, too, where can we find those moments? And maybe one of the things that we need to do is understand ourselves, too. Like, what is it that draws us to that habit, the habit that we're trying to change? And what is it that draws us to the habit that we want? and maybe get to the core of that. And once we get to the core of that, we can begin to look at what are some ways that we can find satisfaction in making that happen as well. So with this, one of the things that we like to do with our messages is we like to pull one or two nuggets out. Well, I'm going to be candid this week. Uh, There's going to be more. (laughs) But, But they're so practical and they're so great that we wanted to just kind of lay them out for you. And so We've already said one is to find a way to make your change pleasurable. Uh, Another one that we said is to bring the immediate. If there's a way that you could bring some level of immediate gratification into your change, that's healthy to bring about that, to to go for it and to do that. Uh, The other thing that that James Clear talked about in seeing change happen was to do what he called a habit tracker. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you want to explain what habit tracking is? Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. So... Um, there's an old saying that says The shortest pencil is longer Than the longest memory hmm. And I thought that was so relevant You're to, deep dude, oh, that's just deep Yes, yes that yeah. wow. you know, uh, I don't know where I heard that from <laughs> But uh, it's somewhere in the back of my mind So I can't take uh, complete Responsibility for that But uh, but I'm just sitting across the table yeah, from yes, Confucius yes, right yeah, now That's uh, impressive well, <laughs> I'll say it's a Daniel original until someone says different <laughs> <laughs> But if, if you came up with that one, let me know. Yes, yes, but Anyways, yes. the idea is we all have the, the best intention of wanting to do so many things that can benefit ourselves mm. and create these habits that can change our lives for the better. Mm. But it's so simple. If we can realize that we have 9 million things going on every day, It day, we're going to forget. We're going to forget. And as much as you say, well, I, I need to remember and then fill in the blank. The chances are of you forgetting are very high. Mm. If you write it down though, it changes the probability a million percent. Yes. yes. Because now you have a physical thing there in front of you. That's going to allow you to see it and, and to, to do your best to make sure it happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, to see that we do things like that with some of the most basic things in our lives. I mean, grocery lists for one, I don't know how many people come in, because mind you, I, I think I mentioned in the first podcast, I work at a grocery store. Yes. And uh, so people come in there and they always say, I forgot my list, mm. or they then have this list of who knows what on it. But the thing is, we rely on you know groceries, the idea that we can't remember every grocery we need, mm, mm-hmm. but we make a list because we know that. But the thing is, this habit that's going to change our life. Something that's so valuable, we don't put a list together for that. Hmm. We won't put a tracker written down for that. Hmm. We're just going to rely on our brain. But we won't rely on our brain to remember groceries. Hmm. You know, So it's just kind of funny in the, the grand scheme to that. Right, right. Yeah. James Clear is pretty spot on with the idea that if you want something to really be a lasting habit, you have to keep a, a record of what you're doing. Hmm. And a physical record, not just a mental record. Right, Yeah.
0: right. You know, I, I was thinking about... Maybe that's one of the reasons why, with twelve steps, one of the first thing that they'll do when they when you go to a twelve step meeting is you'll sit around and someone will say hello. My name is you know such and such, and they might name their addiction and then they'll say I've been sober for x amount of days. And what's really cool is with twelve with the twelve step program is there's certain there are certain levels that you reach and with those levels, you'll get a badge or you'll get a, a, a reward or you'll get a coin or something like that just to celebrate the fact that you've made it your one day, you've made it 30 days, you've made it 60 days, you've made it to your year. There's something about it, the the, the idea of tracking to kind of keep you in mind of, hey, this is where I've been able to be or whatever what I've been able to do. And he talks about this in the book. He, he simply says that people that are successful at seeing change, like people that track themselves tend to lose weight. People that track their money tend to save it. So when it comes back to this idea of tracking, it's really important. Now, what's really interesting, he talks about this in the book too, is he says, I know how important tracking is. It is life-changing. Tracking really is. However, one of the reasons why I didn't mention it sooner is because we tend to resist (laughs) tracking things, writing things down. So is there any advice that you could give to someone that I I guess is trying
1: to learn how to track something to make it easier for them? Make it practical. Mm. I think that's the key. Mm -hmm. You know, let's just say you're not computer savvy, right? Don't go get an Excel sheet. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, it's like, well, I have a computer, but I'm not really fond on how this works, but I'm going to go, you know, get an Excel sheet and I'm going to set it up. Stay clear. So make it practical for yourself. If you're a pen and pencil person, pen, paper, and pencil kind of person, do it that way. If you know that your, you know, calendar in your office is the go-to for you every day and that's something you reflect on all the time, use that as your key. Yes. Um, whatever it is that's within your life, if it's your phone that you know, okay, my planner is on my phone and this is what I reflect on every day. Then use that. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to set yourself up for success. Good, good, good. Yeah, don't just say, "Well, I think this is the fanciest thing out," so I'm going to try it, right? And then fall flat on your face. Right. So it's important to make it practical. Good, good.
0: Yeah. And one of the things he talks about in the book too is if, as, as if you can make it automatic, mm-hmm. make it as automatic as you as you can. Um, that that helps with the process also, and, and I and I love that aspect. He also talked about. I love the idea of practicality that you mentioned, like the calendar, just put an X on the day. And the beauty of that is as you track it, when you begin to see those Xs come together with each day that you do it, you feel really good about it. You yeah. start you start to see like, wow, I am having some success. And there's there's something exciting about it, especially if you want to add in a nugget, like, hey, if, once I get to the seventh day and I track that, boom, I'm going to give myself a gift or whatever it might be. Yeah. Uh, he also said... When it comes to tracking, is to track with a purpose. Uh, to track with, so to bring the level of immediate gratification into tracking as well. So, th- you know, the example that he gave is if you're trying to save money, maybe say, hey, I'm, I'm saving for a leather coat mm. kind of thing. And so every time I decide not to go out to eat, I'm putting money into a savings account. It's for that leather coat. So you have a, a goal to what you're saving for. Or, you know, we're saving for vacation. So, there's something that you're saving for so there's there's that excitement too as you see like the account growing you, you, you begin to gain some more excitement there so find ways to track that are that are practical and that are realistic yeah. for you as well if you are not a detail person please don't try to do a detail tracking method yeah <laughs> you're just going to burn yourself out right maybe if you know I, i've I've done the weight watcher thing before in my past, and I'll tell you I'll, I'll be honest that with weight watchers as I was tracking everything that I ate, it worked. It really did work, but eventually what happened is I burned out because I was just tracking too much it it just it was too much for me so maybe there's a the, there's a principle behind it what i'm what I'm trying to do now is to practice the principle that I've learned is with, with, with Weight Watchers, what they try to do is they try to get you to track because what they're trying to help you to see is what's a healthy amount. Because what happens is we just tend to overeat because it's very easy to grab that bag of chips and just eat out of the whole bag rather than eating a serving. The so bag is a serving. The ba- oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially so some of those bags. Well, yeah, I'll yeah, just yeah. leave it alone. <laughs> but yes, the, the bag becomes a serving for example what I'm learning is maybe what I can do is because I'm not going to track it in detail like it's just not me but what I can do is if I've had a healthy serving and I haven't gone over the serving boom that's an x for me boom that's an x for me and maybe do it that way so I'm just I'm just working just to let you guys know I'm trying to work on creating a system that works for me And that's what I want to encourage you to do as well. Now, if you are a detailed person, then by all means, track every inch of, I guess, maybe you're not eating an inch of food, but (laughs) but track the measurement of food that you eat, how you track it, and then go for it that way. But if you are someone that's like me, that's not a detailed person, figure out a way where you can track it, but in a way that's not overwhelming. Not, but in a way also that you will not burn out because that's really important. Now, he also talks about some benefits of tracking. Uh, One of the benefits of tracking is that it keeps you honest. It keeps you honest because typically in our mind, we we tend to think we're doing better than what we really are Mm -hmm. is what he talks about in the book. Mm -hmm. And there is a passage, Jeremiah 17, 9 says, above all else, the heart is deceitfully wicked. And literally, here's what it's really saying is we have a tendency to deceive ourselves. That's all it's saying, and and that is true. I have a tendency to deceive myself and think I'm doing better until I get on a scale and realize, oh, or think I'm doing better until I try to put on those pants, I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> then I realize I ain't doing so good. But I think if we could just learn how to track, it does, it keeps us honest, it keeps us motivated, because again, as you see those X's building up, as you see There's a motivator now, like, wow, I've done this for 30 days. I don't want to blow it. I don't want to blow it. I I want to try to keep this momentum going, and and that totally makes sense. So I, I just want to encourage you that's out there is to try to figure out a way where you can track it in a way that works for you, but allows you to be able to be successful as well. And then finally, the other thing that he talks about in making it satisfying is he talks about this idea of developing an accountability partner someone that can walk this journey with you. And I, and I know in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, uh, verses 9 through 12, it talks about that. It talks about, it says that, that two are better than one, that if one is by themselves, they can be easily overwhelmed, but two together can defend themselves. If one falls, the other person is there to help them up. So there's this idea, of this connection. And you know, when you go back and if you look through the Bible, one of the things you'll also see is many times when it came to change, people were partnered, like they had someone. Yeah. So it, Moses had Aaron. We can go through like the list. David initially had Jonathan. We can just go through the list of people that always had, it seems like they had someone by their, even Jesus, even Jesus. If there's anyone who could have been a Lone Ranger yeah. <laughs> to do this world, to, 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 to change this world, it would have been Jesus.
1: That's true. Yeah.
0: But even he had twelve. I think it's important for us to realize, like, we can't we can't do this alone. Now, Daniel, I know that you've gone through the process of seeing some significant change happen in your life because you had someone to kind of walk through life with you. Can you
1: give us a little bit of a background and story with that? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, in high school, I uh, played football. I Met my football coach, obviously, while playing football in high school. And nonetheless, he and I had kept the relationship sort of going throughout the times that after after high school. I want to say probably about maybe seven or eight years ago, he and I really started connecting. He took on a role in my life of the accountability partner. Mm. And he, he just really revolutionized how I, I sought after the Lord and how I read the word and just so many things that I really didn't know how to do. Mm. I knew of them, but to really hunker down and do them the way they should be done was something that I, I just, I guess I didn't maybe have the discipline to do. I don't I really know. But anyways, I remember he came with me, came up to me one time and said, what if we read the word together? Like literally got the Bible and read some every day. And I was like, well, okay. I, I, People are supposed to read the Bible. This might be a good thing to do, <laughs> right, right? Right. And mind you, prior to that, I have I had skimmed portions of it, but mm-hmm. by no means had I read a a significant amount of it. Mm. But he said we can do this together, and mm. that was the key thing. Mm. And so then he and I started to read, and weeks went on, and then months went on, and then. Nearly a year or so later, we're still doing this. And before we knew it, we had completed the entire Bible mm. together. Mm. And then he told his wife what we were doing. And then she started reading with us. Mm. And then his nephew who lived with them started doing it. And before I know it, we're all reading it. And then I met this amazing woman at the time who I started to date and later became my wife. Mm. And then she started doing it. And so then we have this group text that's been going on for a long time now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. <laughs> and, uh, but it's the idea that we're doing it together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if for any reason reading wasn't happening in the group from somebody, mm-hmm. it would be questioned. Like, well, why aren't you reading? Mm-hmm. Why aren't you diving into the Word, you know, and what's going on? Mm-hmm. So it's that, that idea that holding somebody accountable It's such a powerful tool, right? Like you mentioned in the Bible, it's everywhere, right? And it's ridiculous to think that us, as just you know, mere humans, Mm -hmm. that we can do something that the Lord chose not to do, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're really, I mean, whoever thinks they can do this on their own, whatever your habit is, whatever structure you try to implement, if you can, if you think you're going to do it on your own, you're really setting yourself up to fail. Mm. It's it's a road I hope you never go down. And Mm -hmm. if, if you're going down that road now, stop. Mm-hmm. You know, and then look toward the direction of allowing somebody in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can remember because
0: uh, I had that same friend as my running partner. <laughs> and so, so there would be times where, you know, it'd be time for me to get up in the morning and I'd be like, dude, I don't feel like going running. But I knew he'd be outside. Yeah. So I better get up and get my, chains, my clothes changed and get moving. And, and so th- there is something about that. One of the things that James Clear says is that we want to avoid pain. And one of the elements of avoiding pain is when you have that accountability partner there, it's uncomfortable to say, I messed up, or I blew it, or I failed, or to let them down. If you're exercising together, it's uncomfortable for that. So to have that person that walks through that with you is huge. It's huge. And, and, and I really want to encourage you to really begin thinking about it. one of the things that James Clear talks about in his, in his book, he calls, he calls it the habit contract. And that is with an accountability partner. And I want to say this too. Be very wise in who you choose to be your accountability partner.
1: Yeah, that's important. Yeah, don't just pick anyone. Yeah.
0: You, you want to pick someone who is supportive, who's encouraging, who's loving, but also someone that you give them the freedom to challenge you. And it, but But you know that when they challenge you, it's not coming from a place of judgment. It's not coming from a place of, of put down. It's not coming from a place of, of pride, but it's coming from a place of, hey, I care about you, and I just, I just want to see you be successful. So what is it that's going on? And so when you have that kind of person in your life, it makes a huge difference. So be wise in whoever it is that you choose to be or to have as accountability partner. But one of the things he talks about is to make a habit contract. So what is a habit contract? Is with your accountability partner. What you do is you have them. So, for example, if you say, you, you know, I'm going to work out. So I'm holding. I'm asking you to hold me accountable for working out. And here's my contract with you. For every day that I don't work out, I'm going to give you 10 bucks. I'm going to give you 10 bucks. And if it's not, if that's not painful enough, I'm going to give you 25 bucks. And if that's not painful enough, then I hope you're rich. There you go. <laughs> But you know what I'm saying? So the idea is that you make this contract, and so it, it's a way for you to also be motivated to avoid pain. And so it, it kind of keeps you going in those ways. So with this in mind, as, as we began to wrap up this series, I really do hope that this has been an encouragement to you. And, and I do want to say this too, that James, that James Clear talks about this in the book as well. If you fail, and, and we all will, Life will get in the way. I, I'll give you an example. For me, I was doing really well with exercising. I was getting up in the morning and I was doing my thing. And then my stepfather passed away. So I flew to Atlanta. And I'll be honest, I have not worked out since. I, I, felt I, I lost my mojo. So it's something that I, I'm, I'm going to get back on and I'm going to try. I'm going to, but sometimes life just gets in the way. And I wish I had read this chapter before because he says, if you miss once, try not to miss twice. Just get back on it as quickly as possible. What happened is I missed once and I lost my mojo. And so it, it, it could be the same thing that happens with you as well. So in that, this is no judgment at all. We, we all go through that. We all falter. But the important thing is let's get back on this, on, on, let's get back on the horse. You know, let's, let's ride again. And hopefully we'll all ride off into the sunset as people who have changed and have grown. So, again, I would love the opportunity to be able to pray for you. And so, if there's anything when it comes to this change in your life that you're trying to make, please feel free to email me, Ken Ballard Jr., for the number four at gmail.com. You can email me there. You can also go to our encounter page, as far you can go to our Instagram page or our Facebook page. You can leave us a message there. I'll pray for you there. The church's phone number, 310-323-2115. You can leave me a message there. I will pray for you. If you ever just want to get together and go out for coffee and just talk about life, especially if you're treating, <laughs> then I'm definitely down for the cause of that. Uh, we can go out and we can just talk about life and talk about change. But I, I just want to let you know that in this, it's so important to understand you're not alone. And, I, and I'll tell you this too. Like if you reach out and and i know that me saying this he's going to be fine with it but if you want to reach out to daniel and have daniel be that person that supports you because his voice is just so much cooler than mine <laughs> thank you kid well you know yeah yes i know it's kind of it's kind of like a bromance that i have for it oh, it's man. you know <laughs> sorry I, I digress there you go but Daniel would love to be able to be there to support you and to encourage you. So please feel free to reach out. And here's the thing. If 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 it's not to us, reach out to someone that you trust. And if you're not in a place where you think, I don't really have anyone yet that I can trust, that's why I encourage you. Get connected to a church. Specifically, I'd love to have you here at Encounter. But Get connected at a church. And if you're someone who's been burned by church in the past, I I totally understand that. Don't give up on it. There's still some other great churches that are out there. Yes, there are some churches that have knuckleheads. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But there's still some great churches that are out there. So please, don't give up on church. But go, begin to connect, build relationships. And then when you find someone that you can trust, then maybe begin to invite that person in to be an accountability partner for you. But it's going to take time to find them. But have that in your life. Have that in your life. Any other words that you'd like to add,
1: Daniel? Uh, no, no. I, I mean, you touched on pretty much everything, but I just want to reiterate, yeah, I mean, if any way I can help in anyone's life and what they're doing, you know, a prayer or to talk, I, I just want to let you guys know I'm there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I realize the value in the idea that helping people is is just so important. It's, our, it's, our, it's, it's what God has asked us to do, mm-hmm. you know? Well, here at Encounter, we do have... A, a saying that we use and it's the idea to love in to love out to love up you know we're to love out and we, we got to make sure we're that we're, we're living that and i know that that's a main focus for yourself Ken and it is for mine and mm-hmm. for me as well and i just want to make sure that's something that people know that it's not just something we're saying here it's yes. just you know we we like to hear ourselves talk that's not what we're doing mm-hmm. this is it we're serious and mm-hmm. you know if you ever did reach out we would love to just return that and to reach back and to let you know that there is hope and God loves you and that, you know, there's people here that do care.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. You are definitely not alone in this. Uh, I want to end a little bit differently. Usually what I'll I'll do is I'll talk about what encounters about love up, love out, love in, but Daniel's obviously covered that Uh, (laughs) again, but love up, madly and passionately love with God, love out, loving our fellow man, loving in and taking care of ourselves. But, but since we're wrapping up our series What I wanted to do is I just wanted to end with praying for you. And so before I pray, just want to let you know our new series that we're going to be doing is called The Art of Neighboring. And here's what we're going to look at. When Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself, what if he really meant your literal neighbor? And how would that change our world? And how would we change our community? So come back and be a part of that conversation as well. But I would love the opportunity to be able to pray for all of those who are listening. So let's pray. Dear God, I just want to take this moment to pray for every single person that is listening to this podcast. Father, I know how difficult change can be. And so, Father, I just pray that that today or tonight or whenever they're listening to this podcast, that they're refreshed, that they are encouraged, that maybe they, they, they can get a hold of just realizing, Father, that true change is possible. Lord, I just pray that through this that they've been able to understand how madly and passionately in love you are with them. And that, Father, even if they have given up on themselves, the reason why they're listening to this podcast is because they, you want them to know that you have not given up on them. Father, anyone who's listening who started a new journey and has stepped off the journey, I pray that they're motivated to get back on the horse and, and continue on and to know that you were there with them. And Father, I also want to pray for each person who's listening, Lord, that you would give them that accountability partner, someone that can come alongside and be able to walk through life with them. In all these things we ask in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, again, thank you so much, Daniel, for being here. I'm uh, glad to with be With you once again. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We will definitely have you again in the future. And again, thank you all for taking this moment to listen and to be a part of the encounter community church podcast we'll take care god bless you and we'll see you once again next week thank you for taking a moment to listen to the encounter community church podcast if you're looking for a way to get more connected to our church head over to our website at encountercommunity.church. you can see the times of our services as well as the events that are happening at our church and you can feel free to come out and join us also if you'd like to make a donation to our church allowing us to continue to make a difference in our community, then you can head over to the page that says online giving and you can follow the link from there. Well, take care. God bless you. And we're looking forward to seeing you once again next week.